and we are recording with the one and only Dr. Meryl Nass. And um, again, I've, I've only been doing live episodes for about two weeks now, and it's I keep forgetting I have to be on time. If I tell people it's going live at a certain time, I can't. I, even now, we, you and I were just talking, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to start the... Normally, it's just whatever. I do whatever. I'll come in 30 minutes late. What do I care? And now I'm like, oh, I actually have to be on... I feel like I'm going to like school again. I'm like, I'm going to be late. Like This is not good. I'm having those anxieties at 32 if I'm going to be late to class. So that's normal. But uh, Dr. Nass, it's been a while since you've been on. Um, you're actually still one of my... I think you're in my top... 10 most viewed episodes of all time when you and I went on to a, a tangent about like robot armies and how that's that's what they're going to going to use to enslave us all and uh on that happy note please introduce yourself to all the new listeners because it has been a while so um I'm an internal medicine physician and since I last spoke with Tommy my license was suspended in Maine uh, for spreading misinformation and treating people for early covid with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and lying to a pharmacist about the diagnosis because the pharmacists were instructed to go beyond their scope of practice and deny hydroxychloroquine to uh, COVID patients. And so I said I was prescribing it for Lyme disease. And then I self-reported that to the board and told them they needed to stop doing this and forcing us to lie to save our patients. So they thought, aha, we've got her on a really strong charge now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, kind of ironic that they are they're now kind of just they're revoking licenses from the only people upholding the Hippocratic Oath. It really yeah. is it really is a bizarre time to be alive. But so as not to be too cheery and happy, let's make sure we also talk about the uh the Who's takeover, the World Health Organization. The I mean, I know this is just kind of in my periphery always talking to different people. I'm never really on one subject too long, but it has been in sort of the periphery of my consciousness for the last couple months, right? They want some sort of treaty that I guess like revokes the sovereignty of a national government. If there's another pandemic or, you know, if this one gets worse or some, it's a power grab is what it is. Le okay. Just, yeah. Let me, um, yes, ma'am, please do. Let me give you the background and what's going on. So I think a lot of your listeners have probably figured out by now that we are in the middle of a coup, or perhaps the coup has already taken place in the United States. And there is some sort of cabal of elites who would like more power, more control, more authority, and more money. And they may want to reduce the world population as well. And certainly there have been attacks on food, on energy, um, on healthcare, et cetera, all of which can reduce people's uh, uh, lives. Well, one method by which you can implement such a coup um, fairly cheaply, fairly painlessly with none of them having to go to war is to do it through an existing international organization. So the WHO was chosen as a means by which basically we could all be legally lassoed and the sovereignty of nations could be turned over to the WHO and presumably the WHO is being run by these elites. We certainly know Bill Gates has been a major funder of the WHO um, and two organizations that he created um, for that creating vaccines and distributing vaccines and dealing with pandemics 
are called Gavi and CEPI. And those mm. two organizations have um, special authority at the WHO, are working directly with the WHO on pandemics. So anyway, Bill Gates is, is one of the individuals who is centrally involved. What how the how this is being managed is that two documents have been created. They're both in draft form, but one is very far along. So the WHO is made up of 194 member nations, and each of them gets one vote. And it, it has its own constitution. And managing uh, pandemics or biological warfare or other health emergencies has occurred since 1969 on the basis of something called the International Health Regulations. And these have been amended since 1969, but they've been recommendations. Nobody was forced to follow them. And WHO was basically giving the poorer nations um, the benefit of expertise, right? And sometimes finances or other assistance to cope with health problems, particularly public health, particularly infectious diseases, but not necessarily. What has been done in the last year or year and a half has been that amendments to this um, document were created. So the amendments have completely changed the way the document works. So instead of being recommendations, and instead of treating the individual nations as sovereign to the WHO, the WHO has flipped the script and said, WHO will now be sovereign to the nations. The nations will have to obey these are no longer recommendations, but they will be binding. Whatever the director general says goes, and the member nation states have to provide assistance, intellectual property, materials, manufacturing expertise, et cetera, to the WHO when the WHO says so to cope with some public health issue anywhere in the world but you don't even need a public health emergency. The director general can also make a declaration that there's a potential for a public health emergency. And then the director general gets this power as well. In addition, a new concept has, has been created out of uh, thin air called One Health. And One Health is another method for lassoing everything in the world and putting it under the control of the WHO or the UN or some other central entity. What, do, what One Health claims is that um, human health cannot be thought of in isolation. Uh, so med all public health medical problems have to be considered in the context of animals and animal health as well, both livestock and wild animals. But that wasn't sufficient. We, it also has to be considered in the context of plants, but that wasn't enough either. So human health now has to be considered in the context of ecosystems, you know, and climate change and whatever else they want. When you add ecosystems, you've basically defined one health 
as being inclusive of everything in the world. And so now the and you're throwing in things like species diversity. So if the director general decides that whatever that that climate change is occurring and it's potentially harmful to the public's health and it's being exacerbated by something going on in a particular country, the director general can direct that that country has to stop doing that. And it could be agriculture or it could be airplanes. Okay, you can't fly airplanes anymore. Your, your emissions are heating up the planet and reducing species diversity or posing a potential risk to the public health. Um, so the, anyway, the, the document is so extraordinary, you can hardly believe it when you read it, that they actually put this stuff down on paper and are asking the nations to sign it. But then you realize there's 194 nations and they only need half of them, which is 97 to go along. And in some cases, a nation needs to ratify the document, depending what each individual nation says, but the United States probably was central in creating this document. And so the State Department has claimed that since the uh, international health regulations are already in existence and we ratified them back around 1969, we don't need to ratify this again, that if it goes into force, it could just be imposed on the United States, voila, and there's your coup. Now, uh, can Bill Gates and the US or whoever wants to bribe 97 nations to vote for it? Absolutely. You know, they've done this before at the UN. You know, we control a lot of votes in these international settings. So anyway, the there's a there've been about three versions of these amendments that have been put forward. And the last one was put forward a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it will probably be voted on at the yearly meeting of what's called the World Health Assembly, which is all the nations that run the WHO uh, in May, the last week of May. And so by the, and nobody knows about this. So people like you and me may know about it. But the mass media, have the mainstream media have not covered this at all. So it's just to be done quietly. Even, even our Congress doesn't know really know what's going on. And um, by the end of May, we all could have our sovereignty tossed to the WHO whenever it chooses to declare a, a pandemic or emergency of public health concern. And just to make it even clearer, the WHO has been declaring one of these about every two years for the last decade. So monkeypox was a pandemic of international concern. So you don't need much. The Basically, the director general can declare one of these whenever he or she feels like it. And that then gives them enormous powers. Just It's a model just like what happened with COVID, where the president of this, and the secretary of health and human services can declare this emergency, and that gives them all these new powers. And the governors can declare public health emergencies, and that gave them new powers. So we have a system of law that most of the members of Congress, you know, don't even know was passed 20 years ago. They don't understand it. And they're just, you know, moving in lockstep, 
obeying their leadership and kept in the dark, just like the American public. So I was happy to go on your show, Tommy, to explain this to people. Now, if these amendments don't do the trick, the WHO has this other document up its sleeve, which is they haven't named it. It's a pandemic treaty or it's a pandemic accord or it's a, an instrument or it's an other. <laughs> they actually say that, maybe an other. They're not sure what to call it because they probably want to call it something that will not um, cause the nations to have to ratify it. And basically it overlaps with the international health regulation amendments. So it, it gives the WHO very similar powers, not exactly the same, but they've got that going on in the background as well. And that most likely will come to a vote next year. But these two documents could be incorporated together or could remain separate. And by the way, if neither one works, then the UN could potentially come up with a document that will transfer sovereignty to it. So they won't have necessarily lost. We just have to realize what's going on and then spread the word. It is, uh, it's pretty surreal <clears throat> watching a global coup unfold in real time. And it, it almost seems like they're, they're trying to speed it up. Like yes, the, they are. Like Before the, people figure it out. I think that they, and this is just my opinion based on literally nothing, but I think they wanted to do COVID or all this in like 2030. I think something is causing them to speed it up. Maybe people got keen to it faster. Maybe the unforeseen, you know, whatever, the growth of social media or something. I, I don't know. But something's pulling the veil back faster than they wanted. And, you know, they're not, you know, someone opens your door and you're dressing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm naked, right? They're, they're, someone's opening the door and they're like, oh, sh shit, you know. And they're trying to they're trying to speed it up. And, of course, like any efficient dictator, you do it for your health, right? It's not it's, – it's, it's for you. And it's – I bet, ironically – there will be uh, resource-rich nations that will have outbreaks of dangerous diseases, and they will need the they will need the uh, the muscle of the WHO, which will be us, and uh, and then we're gonna go invade some place that you know just coincidentally is really rich in like lithium or, or cobalt or oil or something. <laughs> we're gonna probably need a we're probably gonna need to invade the Amazon basin. We're probably going to need to go back to Iraq. Like, just it's all going to be coincidental. There's going to be a virus somewhere in Antarctica, and we're going to have to go get the oil there too. And uh, yeah, that's what it's. That's what it's going to be. That's going to be part of it, right? It's going to be the, or that might not even be correct because that's still kind of in the idea of nation states. It seems like that they, they want to do away with that entirely. Why even have the middleman of invasions? Just get rid of nation states. Just make it all one one dominating big happy force. family big happy family that you know some might call it a, a marxist so let me give you an example <laughs> of of one of the things several of the things that these documents powers that these documents would then give to the who uh the first is they can identify misinformation or disinformation and direct nations that they have to stop it um and that they need to push out a single narrative 
They can also identify the right drugs to use in a public health emergency and the wrong drugs. So for COVID, for instance, they could say everybody gets remdesivir and nobody can have hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. Mm. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary, but they have given themselves that power to specify drugs that may not be used under certain circumstances. So, so this is one size fits all medicine. It means you can, you can kiss your relationship with your doctor goodbye. Your doctor will no longer be working for you. They will only be able to give you the medical care that the state, whether it's the WHO or the national state dictates. You know, this is what California voted for um, and went into force that doctors could only tell patients the government narrative, you know, the, and uh, it was taken to court. And right now there's an injunction. So California may not enforce this law right now. And the case is moving forward. But um, the similar law was passed also at the end of last year in, um, what's it called? Uh, right above, Above in Cal in Canada, the furthest western province in Canada. Um, I, uh, I have no idea. Come on, you know you know what it is. Vancouver right. is in it. Anyway, they passed a bill, Bill Thirty Six, that all that in Manitoba. No, west of Manitoba. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only one I know. <laughs> um, Ottawa. Ottawa's the capital. <laughs> Okay, stop. Toronto, maple, maple syrup. Stop, stop, stop. East, I don't know. The CN Tower. I don't know. Uh, so then what's going to be the actual mechanism of rolling out? Is it right? Because it's got to have teeth. Will, will it just be? It will be. I guess I'm under the illusion that how is the WHO going to bully us? Well, no, it's 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 us dressed up as the WHO. Yes. ruling us it's a it's a circle it's probably a, it's a dog chasing its tail there's no but who's us you know is bill gates us you know who rules oh, i don't mean i don't mean you and me and yeah. all the other good people yeah i mean i mean i mean geographically I the people say, in yeah, this place some multinational yeah. um oligarchy yeah and it's well, let, let's not confuse who us is yeah but, I, I, you know, I mean, probably the same people running the u.s yeah, yeah. would then run the world yeah and they they probably have been for a while, but now they're they're solidifying it and they're streamlining it. Right now, it doesn't need to be a conspiracy. You can just say, well, it's it's for One Health, right? Exactly. Because up until now, it's a conspiracy theorist that there is a group of people that controls all the no. But now it'll be well, no, there is, and th you can see the article now, right? The new world order is here, and here's why that's a good thing. Like there's going right. to be the same bullshit article on Reddit, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, it's the queen, and it's like. We are marching to death camps and people are cheering it on. Well, I don't know if you saw Vera Sharov's film, um, but in it, uh, people are talking about what their grandparents told them. And the Nazis told the Jews, we're moving you to these camps for your health. We're going to well, protect you. Yeah, we're, we're, we've got work for you. There's food there. It's going to be better. And we just got to de-louse you. That's it. Yeah. We just, that's what the showers are for. We're taking care <laughs> of you. Take off all your clothes and leave your valuables at the door. Yeah. Right. No, it's uh we're marching towards it. And um it'll be interesting to see because we can already imagine what will happen if it does work. And it's well just, you know, it's the end of history. It's a global dystopic technocratic Marxist hellhole. But 
it's fascinating to think of what will happen if it doesn't pass. Like what do they release well, another see, virus? Th but this is what um, negotiators do. These are diplomats. So they don't put something forward unless they know it's going to pass yeah. or they know it's going to fail and they're happy with that. Yeah. So last May, um, the U.S. put forward a dozen amendments and then withdrew all but one because they didn't have the votes for those amendments, or perhaps they were it was a trial balloon. So that's what happened last May at the um, World Health Assembly. And uh, I'm sure they will have taken the pulse of all the nations, you know, by this May, they'll know exactly what they need to do to get the votes they want and which of these things may be withdrawn. Some nations may say, no, we're not going along. For example, you know, to give up intellectual property, basically WHO says, if you've got vaccine manufacturers in your nation, um, we're just going to take all their intellectual property so we can use those vaccines in some other part of the world. And you're going to have to give it to us. And you might have to give us the vaccines as well, not just the intellectual property, but if you've got the manufacturing ability, okay, United States, you're going to have to make us, you know, 10 million vaccines for Zimbabwe, you know, in the next two weeks. Um, so that's that's the kind of power these these documents give the WHO. You know, I, for one, am just happy that the richest, most powerful people on the planet behind all the banks, media companies, and defense contractors have just... I guess they all took acid in 2019 and had a you know, had a come to Jesus moment. I'm just happy that through force they are just out for our health. <laughs> I am I am I for one am thrilled. I mean, it, about time they yeah. care about our health. Well, it seems to me that for for example that that provision I just mentioned that that is not something that Bill Gates wants to get rid of. He want he's desperate for intellectual property and for control of vaccines. So that is probably one of one of the provisions that they intend to jettison. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. take that away as long as you sign on to these other things. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like a false concession. Or or it's a black hole, right? And it's it's the the people who are carrying out the orders, right? You know, in any communist revolution, the the useful idiots are always the first shot in the head because they're shown to be useful and you don't want them starting a revolution. So the very people that carry out your violent protests are the ones that you then kill first. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe the people carrying out these things and the little demon pawns, they're going to have the, the kind of the shocked Pikachu face. Wait, wait, you stabbed me in the back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the evil people taking over the planet. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't do that too much because then all the other operatics. That's true. Run. That's true. They all start running. No, that's a fair point. You gotta, it's probably a false concession then. Right. They're asking for a hundred because right, exactly. They're happy with they want fifty. Yeah. Is there any like? Is there any? Is there any happy ending of this? Um, I think there is. I I think we really um probably because these elites have had so much to do with creating the culture that we we have debased our culture in many ways. We've debased the intellectualism of people, their ability to separate fact from fiction. Um, you know, all of this transgender nonsense that little tiny children are being exposed to. There's just a lot of bad and and the quality of the food, the quality of the medications that we that are available to us are 
are relatively poor. So this is going to give us an opportunity to reshape our society. And people have to start doing that, start creating the life you really want to live, you know, working at the things you want to work at, learning to garden and provide yourself and your family with the wherewithal to keep going if there's some years of turmoil ahead. Uh, you know, get a well drilled and, um, you know, figure out how do you, how do we want our children educated, right? How, what is the doctor-patient relationship? Why is only allopathic medicine, you know, approved and able to be paid for with insurance? What about all these other methods? You know, do we want something safer? Maybe we don't want to take pharma's drugs because after these vaccines, we no longer trust them. It, you know, it's there's a lot of things that need to be sorted out and individuals need to start doing that in their own lives and talking to each other. There, there, yeah, there is a silver lining in that like 20 years ago, if you questioned anything, you were a conspiracy theorist. And now it's just, you know, as soon as the Chinese spy balloon comes over, your average Joe is like, this is a psyop. They're distracting. Like there is like, you know, there is a, a raising awareness as, as bleak as things seem when people are now going like, well, if they lied about the vaccine, what about this medication? You now have people doing exactly. critical thinking at George Carlin would actually, I think, smile that people are actually questioning it. Like, hey, maybe they're not out for our best, our best intentions. And it's, you know, it's. It comes at a great cost, but I mean, why was the greatest generation the greatest? They went through hell. I'm not saying that that's good, right. but man, sometimes going through hell is, you know, sometimes you got to not have any money and, you know, have a late notice on your bills and you're overweight and you're addicted. And you sometimes you need those moments of just, oh man, I've got to clean it all up. I've got to get my shit together. I got to, you know. I got to make my bed. I got, I got to go to the gym. I got to go get a haircut. I got to do the dishes. Like I'm living in my own filth. Like we've all had those moments where you're just surrounded by the, the manifestations of your own, you know, lack of discipline. And those can be very good. They can be terrifying, but they can be very good. And, you know, ideally we would have never gotten to this place in the, you know, initially, but but we have, so it's not, you know, don't cry over it's what, whatever we're here. Yeah. There's, I think there is good to come out of it. I mean, hasn't like the homeschooling rate like gone up higher than it's ever been in the hit in like the history of the United States in like the last two years. I only remember what happened in California after they um, got rid of all the um, religious exemptions uh, and you're only left with medical exemptions. And then they, wouldn't let doctors issue more than four and doctors were going to be investigated for medical exemptions. It was a nightmare. And they went from 2000 kindergartners being homeschooled to, I think 7,000 in a year, something yeah. like that. I have, there used to be like a random case of like, you'd hear, be like, remember Bob from like middle school? I'm like, yeah, I haven't talked to him in 30 years. Hey, he lives out on like a farm now. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. It's now like a decent number of the people I just interview. I'm like, where are you? Like, they're in like a log cabin. They're like, oh, I'm out in the middle. I'm I'm homesteading. They're like, I'm no, I'm 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 learning how to be self-sufficient. Like, that's amazing. Like that is exactly. So there is a benefit to the 
to the demons trying to take over the world, right? It's, you know, there's a benefit to a difficult workout. It sucks. That's where you build muscle. Dieting sucks. You go to bed hungry, but you wake up less, less fat. Like, <laughs> there, you know, there's something to it. And it's, again, ideally you wouldn't be here, but maybe you need something this overt to have the average person go like, wait a sec, like what? Why, why is Bill Gates like behind this? Like, who, who are these people? These aren't elected leaders. Like, we have we've, we've had unelected leaders for decades in the intelligence agencies, but you know, I it seems to be that's more of a common talking point now. Like, who the hell is this guy? Why he's got money, but he gets to decide whether or not I wear a mask. What is this? Yeah. No, I mean, Bill Gates is just a front person. I'm oh, not yeah, saying that he, but his name is out there. Another front person is is Jeremy Farrar. Jeremy Farrar uh, has been for a number of years the president of the Wellcome Trust, which is yeah. the largest medical charity uh, in the UK, yeah. one of the largest in the world. And he arranged the phone calls that we all know about with Fauci and Francis Collins and others to figure out how to cover up the lab origin of COVID. And having done that, he is now being given, he's actually, this is a step down, but he's being given the job of chief scientist at the WHO to help bring all this in. Because really he's a, uh, you know, a clever operatic for these, this oligarchic elite. And uh, having managed the cover up of COVID, now he's coming in to get these amendments put through. And, uh, you know, he has a lot of contacts around the world. So that's what they are banking on. Yeah. Um, I guess, and I know we got to, I know we got to wrap this up, but I guess another part of me is, you know, it's like when you learn about bribery in politics and then you grow up and you're like, yeah, how the hell did you think it happened? Like, you know, like, yeah, and, and Santa's still real, right? It doesn't make it good, but I don't think we were ever like not going to be faced with this, right? I think every civilization on different planets probably have, probably have like the nuclear war bottleneck. Do you survive that? And and we, we have so far. They survive like bioweapons. They survive climate change. This is probably, if you run like the simulation of Earth a million times, you'll probably come to this point where a bunch of power is aggregated in the hands of few. And we, there are two paths. Yeah. I don't think you ever get to this point and not have this challenge. Right. Like I think this is part of almost like growing up, if you will, but for an entire species, instead of in your own life, when you grow up and, you know, you got to whatever, cut out a, a, a toxic friend or something, or, you know, you grow up and realize you're wrong. You got to apologize or whatever. Just all the, you know, the tropes about growing up. Look, you can pontificate and I can philosophize, but we don't really know why this is happening. Yeah. Um, all I want to say is we're going to go through a lot of misery and then hopefully we can make lemonade out of all these lemons. Yeah. And the quicker we can fight these people and release their grip from around our throats, the better off we'll be. So what's really important is to talk about this with people. Um, David Bell, who worked at the WHO for nine years, has written a series of articles about what's happening. 
at the Brownstone. He's writing at the Brownstone Institute, so um, which is Jeffrey Tucker's organization. It's a wonderful organization that puts out all sorts of uh, great scholarship on the on the pandemic. So it got formed in the first year of the pandemic, and it's trying to help explain it to us. So I would urge people to read what David Bell's written and. Um, Children's Health Defense will be coming out with a program to try and deal with this. And if you um, are interested in helping, then join Children's Health Defense in your state or your region. And uh, we'll be coming out with more information as the weeks go on. Yes, ma'am. And Thanks, Tommy, for giving me a, a soapbox. Of, co of course. It's, it's, of course. There's, there's, there's a lot of room on this soapbox. Um, and I guess to go back to one of our early episodes, and it's all got to be done before the robot armies. That's right. That's, that's checkmate. So and if people don't know that, go. But I think they it, need people to be able to repair the robots and until they have repair the robots. software and the hardware because these uh, elites, these billionaire elites don't know how to do anything. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that is that is the benefit is they don't know how to do a damn thing. They knew how to they know how to control with money and that's it. So. I think it's episode 478. I looked it up earlier where we talk about robot armies. And there's a moment where you're like, you're like, you know, we got to do this before the robot armies. And I was just like, I've been saying that for years. And and that's when our friendship was birthed. Um, but <laughs> it's the robot army. Everyone else is like, the hell's wrong with them? And we're like, of, of course, it's, it's the natural progression. But, um, right. um I, you know, I was in Sweden giving a talk a few weeks ago and I said to them, you know, they're about to join NATO. I said, what you don't want is for the NATO armies to come in. You know, if you're going to be pleased, you have to be pleased by your own people because they will have empathy for you. But, you know, I've seen this in Africa. They'll, you know, have two one tribe from an opposite end of the country come over to please the other tribe. And they have no fellow it's been feeling. going on since the dawn of time. Yeah. So bring, don't want to let that yeah. happen. You switch it. It could be robots or it just could be l'étranger. Yeah, it, it's... I don't even know what that means. Mm, the stranger. Okay. You know, All right. People um, from a different culture who, as far as they're concerned, you're no different than a dog. Yeah. It'll be us policing Afghanistan and Afghanistan policing us. And that's how they win is they just yeah. have you. Exactly. So don't let those NATO troops in. Don't let any other foreign troops into your country if you can help it. Don't let the robot army start. And <laughs> <laughs> of course. The robot armies. We got to get this done before the robots are effective. Yeah. You and I are the crazy people that parents warn kids about. They're like, don't talk to him. That guy's nuts. You and I are standing That's on the side. Oh, no, That's no. I don't think so. No, I'm just. I, I, I'm a, I'm a paragon of virtue here. No, I, I know. But it's just, it's, just, it's just you and I standing with a cardboard. The robot armies are coming. The cops are coming up. They're like, all right, move it along. <laughs> We're like, no, the robot well, armies. All you need to do is look at the videos of Singapore and see those the Boston dogs. Dynamics. Um, now owned by, by Google. Google. Yep. Fake dogs, <laughs> dog robots policing. And they are scarier than yeah. any dog or wolf I've ever seen. These little critters are scary. Oh, I was making a joke about saying that we're crazy because, you know, robot. No, I mean, but that is it. And for anyone. I, I, I guess I want your audience to know that this it's is not, a not joke. It's very, very far in the future. Yeah. They've you already got these robots as policemen and they're yeah. and they're policing in Singapore. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to worry about a soldier uh, refusing orders. And now you've got a highly trained killer who might turn on the. No, no, no. You have a robot. 
your microwave never says, I don't feel like it today. It just does it. Okay. Well, now you get a, now you get a, now you get a robot that, you know, runs on a battery, doesn't need to sleep and is bulletproof and is, you know, in, in a cloud with a thousand other robots. And they go, yeah, Tommy's spreading misinformation and the robot goes destroy. Ain't no talking to the robot. It's, right. it's the end. It's the end. So, all right. All right. Dr. Nast, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'll put your Twitter in the description. And um, yeah, I look forward to chatting with you again sometime. Yeah. Good to talk, Tommy. You too. Thank you so much. Take care.